everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, a podcast discussing the multitude of multi-site student ministry. My name is EJ Swanson. I'm joined with two of my very greatest friends, Mr. Joe Crabb. Hey there. Miss Kim Schuler. Hello, friends. And uh, we also have Mr. Trevor Callis with us, as well as a special guest who I will share about in just a minute. But before we do that, um, the vision of Multi Multi is going to be a podcast to equip um, people who are entering in or who are in the multi-site student ministry arena. And as they're in that, we hope to learn alongside of you as well as share with each of you what God is doing um, within the multi-site student ministry world. And today, um, we have one of my ever-growing favorite people within the student ministry world, Miss Crystal Chang with us. Crystal, how are you? I'm so good. Hi, friends. We are are so stoked to have you. Crystal's the Executive Director of Student Strategy over at Orange Students. And um, throughout the years, uh, Woodside has been a, a raving fan of Orange and um, uh, all three of us have as well. And we're so thankful for you to be here today. It's been a really busy season for you. Um, just getting back now from um, some vacation and you are back with, as Joe was describing before we hit play on everything, um, your favorite little doggy, your chihuahua. And um, we were laughing about that. And uh, I, I think that's awesome that you're so fond of of them. That's great. <laughs> Joe, it's jo- so fun. I made a lifelong commitment to a chihuahua when I thought chihuahua lives were very short. <laughs> I didn't know how long they live, but turns out we're in year 12 and very wow. healthy. Wow. Well, um, Crystal, as we kind of dive in here today, um, Kim, Joe, and I will all take um, just an opportunity to ask you some different stuff in advance. We just want to say thanks um, for what you're doing within the student ministry world and how God is um, using you in such a mighty way. Um, All three of us are huge proponents as well as um, women in leadership, and we're thankful that um, you're one of those voices throughout um, our nation. And and I'll say globally, because I know um, you've traveled and done a ton as well, and um, from the bottom of each of our hearts. Thanks for all that you're doing. Um, we're, we're, we count it a pure joy to be talking to you today. So thanks. Yes. Well, that means a ton. Thanks, guys. Yeah. We're mm-hmm. huge fans of you guys, huge fans of not only Multi Multi, but Woodside is one of our favorite partners. And I love that we get to come see you in the fall at our Detroit stop. That was really fun. And you guys were our only orange tour stop that had tailgaters. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of digging that. That was a really fun. Yeah. That's our, that's our friends over at Faith Lutheran and um, RJ Grunwald and his team do a a great job. Um, Crystal, as we kind of dive in here, um, tell us a little bit about you, um, where we can um, really find um, you as you serve daily with the the greater orange family. So on the daily in the orange family, I'm here in our offices, which is just North of Atlanta. I work with the middle school and the high school curriculum team. So for those who don't know orange, well, we create resources for um, youth ministries and also children's ministries. And probably one of our, one of our distinctives is we care a lot about where a kid is developmentally and how that impacts how they understand their relationship with their Heavenly Father. So I spend a lot of time um, in those conversations about where a middle schooler is versus where a high schooler is, where an 11th grader is versus where a 9th grader is, um, and what that looks like when it comes to games and small group questions and the jokes they think will might be funny and the jokes that might make them roll their eyes and that sort of thing. Yeah. And being held accountable for some of the jokes that make uh, make their way into you guys' messages, right? <laughs> I'm just telling you, when you publish something and that word becomes a 
sexual after you publish it, it could get really complicated. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can't, I can't imagine the way that language so quickly changes yep. nowadays that, you know, yeah, one term that you use is fine. The next thing you know, it is <laughs> finding yourself in some hot water for sure. Um, but I, with being on Orange Tour, I know that you guys get just an opportunity to really um, get a glimpse of what God is doing in and through uh, student ministries across this nation. And, and you experience that daily, as you said, is you are really being intentional with creating uh, materials that are really going to engage a middle school and high school student where they're at and help them grow in their faith, their understanding of God and His Word. And so would love, you sit in a, a great seat to get a great vantage point of seeing some of the trends that are occurring in student ministries. So what is one of those trends that you're seeing in student ministries and perhaps even specifically in multi-site student ministries? So in the last 10 years, I have noticed that parent involvement has just become the standard, that more and more churches and the best churches, the most effective churches understand that parents are an important part of the equation. I think that was like a a newer concept or maybe um, a reinvented concept 10 years ago, 15 years ago. But now most of the multi-sites that we work with and the ones that we get to know around the country are making that a consistent part of their strategy right up to having um, parent staff members and parent coaches, which I think I just can't imagine if you're the parent of a new ninth grader and you get introduced to a volunteer ninth grade parent coach, how great that is, how helpful that might be. Um, The other thing that we're seeing that I just love is student culture has changed in the last 10 years and even the last five years And it's becoming more and more um, specific, more and more fractured, more and more um, individualized, contextualized. And the best student ministries in the country are that, too. They are contextualizing for their very unique population. And then even within their ministry, um, this is much easier to accomplish with a small groups model. But there are individual pockets that are uniquely designed for those students. Um, some call it affin- affinity groups. Some call it just matching the right small group leader to the right students. But in my conversations with youth leaders over and over, I feel like that's coming up is how do I contextualize the gospel for the very specific students that I serve, not just 10th graders in general or high schoolers in general, but 10th graders in Topeka, Kansas in on this side of town. Hmm. Yeah, it almost sounds like it's a way more... Um, for a, like more intentional form of ministry that is starting to take place, which is so sweet. And I think you have such a sweet um, seat to be sitting in, um, talking to different student leaders and um, small group leaders as well. And as you've chatted with them, if you as you've learned from them, what are some of those things that you have been able to celebrate that they've been doing really well um, that you'd love to share with us as well as the audience? Because we love to champion those um pieces and learn from those as well. So as we mentioned earlier, I spent the fall traveling through our Orange Tour program and we got to know youth pastors and and youth ministries across the country. And over and over, something I heard that just, I just wanted to sit down and take notes every time someone started talking is this alignment with parents and leaders, according to specific age groups. And what I mean is I had a leader tell me, we have a meeting for parents and leaders at every age. So at the beginning of the school year, our ninth grade parents and our ninth grade leaders sit in a room together 
and we talk about what it's like to be a ninth grader. Awesome. And then the next week, our 10th grade leaders and our 10th grade parents sit in a room together and it's the same conversation. So that's been really encouraging to me. The other thing that I'm starting to see more and more of um, that makes me smile is giving ministry away from the platform to the volunteer. That's Amen. Good. And um, I think there was a time when volunteers were chaperones. And there was a time when we called them small group leaders, but they led a conversation. And really, that was the extent of it over and over and over. I'm seeing ministries move to give away the big moments of ministry to a volunteer. So the person who leads a kid in their faith to Christ, that's the volunteer. The person who baptizes a kid is often the volunteer. The person who leads a kid through a discipleship process, through a leadership process is a volunteer. And I love that because there's only so many people you can relationally connect with as a human being. And so as our ministries grow, if we can equip volunteers to actually be pastors, that just means that our ministry can grow and influence and everybody's still cared for. So I love watching that happen. And, and Orange does a great job in setting individuals up well to do that. The materials that are given through XP3 allows for any student pastor, regardless of their context, their size, and so on, to really be able to um, equip and empower somebody well to be able to, to teach that message. But I love that you even shared that. It's not just the from the platform, but even those moments of, hey, and maybe it's a response to salvation, that it doesn't necessarily need to be like the altar call where everybody comes up front. When those have the, their, their moments, there's something about that type of moment. But more so, what we want to do, we want to point you back to that person that you're having a conversation with already, who's showing up in your life consistently. Um, and, and that's even key. I think we've found that before when it comes to getting your leaders to go on something like a retreat of sharing with them. The reason why we want you to go on this retreat is not because you are going to just be a babysitter for these sixth graders or 10th graders all weekend long, but because when they're making those spiritual decisions, those life-changing decisions, uh, the person who's been already showing up in their life, we want them to be there to have those conversations with them. And so that is uh, right. an encouraging thing to see. And I think it's a thing that just makes sense. We can only care for so many people well, and a student can't have enough adults who love Jesus in their life. That's so true. And I think early in ministry, I would have pushed back on that idea. And I would have said, that's great, but our volunteers aren't ready for that. Our volunteers aren't equipped for that. And the equipping process is really just discipleship. Yeah. And so if we can disciple 75 10th graders, we can disciple 10 adults, you know? True. Good call. So true. (laughs) We got a tweet. I hope somebody's tweeted that before. If not, when this episode (laughs) drops, I'm literally, that's my tweet in post. I call it right now. Um, That... That's so true because it, it feels like it takes so much more at times for students. And you're right. If we can do it with that amount of kids, we definitely or certainly should be able to do it with leaders. Yeah. Yeah. Crystal, I'm just subtweeting my 2002 self. There, there you go. I like that. That's really good. That's really good. I, uh, you know, I had the opportunity to sit in uh, your breakout and orange tour, and I, I loved what you had to share about uh, seniors. Um, it says you have your small group girls are currently seniors. Is that correct? They are, and it's killing me. Yeah, and I, and, and uh, as much as it sounds weird, I love that, but I love it because it just shows the passion. But I think that I heard that passion, and I'm, I'm, I'm a benefiter of it because 
of what it's produced as a resource to others. And you've talked a bit about partnering with parents. I'd love for you to just take a moment, give any insight, share a little bit about what are some of the things that you've been doing to best set these girls up as they get ready to enter into this new phase of life and how you maybe as a small group leader uh, and a practitioner have been partnering with their parents to um, during this, this new season. For sure. So I've been journeying with this group of girls for all four years of their high school experience. So we're in the last year, we're actually approaching our last semester, which is just so fun, but also kind of heartbreaking because I really like them. Yeah. <laughs> I really wish that I could yeah, hang yeah. out with them longer. And I don't know that I would ever do ministry another way now. I think the four-year commitment has brought fruit that I couldn't have even understood in a one-year commitment. So that's been really fun. And as they started to get older, I started to think about who would know them next and who would hold their hand next and who would answer their text messages next. And and it really became concerning to me that I didn't know the answer to that question after they graduated high school. And as I got to know some of their parents, they had some of those same questions. Hmm. And so um, we've, spent a, we've spent some time talking to each other about how they're doing and how we're preparing them for what's next. But it just felt like to me as I searched for resources that there was a void in that, um, a void in how do, how do we help a high school senior transition to be a college freshman in a new town when they're not in our youth ministry anymore. And while college ministry is amazing, and I am a benefiter of collegiate ministry, my life was changed by collegiate ministry, those relationships don't happen in two weeks or in three weeks. They happen over the course of four years. Yeah. And so for the first few weeks of college, sometimes that's a really, uh, really delicate and sometimes a really dangerous time for college freshmen because it's lonely and a lot of them haven't had the experience of not being in a place where people know them before. Yeah. And so I, I spent some time talking to a friend of mine here locally, Gerald Fadiomi yes. was a high school pastor. And now he's a college pastor. And together we worked on a devotional for the first 30 days of college. And our heart was just to give a kid something to hang on to in that weird in between when they leave our ministry and when they get plugged into a new ministry, assuming that they will. And so it is, uh, it walks them through 30 days. It's six big conversations that you need to have with somebody you trust, six big ideas that you need to wrestle with as a college freshman. And so we were really excited about that. It begins with the idea of community because it's kind of like triage. That's the dangerous thing they face first. Uh, very quickly following community is identity. Not long after that is faith. And, and so in the order that they tend to face uh, minor crises the freshman year in college, we we set the devotional up to follow that order. Wow! And then really in the process of doing that, began to understand that while this is great for a college student to wrestle with their identity in their dorm room, we want them to wrestle with it alongside somebody who's a little further down the road than them. Somebody who knows them well and has known them for a period of time. Um, somebody that can mentor and walk alongside them. And so we developed a website called onmyteam.org that's free. You don't need the book to, to use it at all. And the idea is it writes the text message for the student to ask five people to mentor them. Mm -hmm. And then the mentor goes to the same web address and it signs them up for um, email reminders to check in with that student. Reminders about things like, hey, it's midterm season. They're probably stressed. Here's some things to talk to them about. Here's a care package you can send them. And uh, then the very, my very favorite reminder 
is the last one. And it is, it's time to ask your student who's on their team next, because we want college students to get in the habit of asking older, wiser people to speak into their lives, encourage them, cheer for them, hold them accountable and walk with them for a period of time. That's awesome. It's so good. And and the website is so simple to use. And thank you for that resource. What's the name of the, 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 the devotional that you guys wrote? It's starting now. Okay. Starting now. That's all. And and Gerald also wrote the book. Is it called Before You Go? Is that correct? He did. And it, it always makes me giggle um, because consistently we will get asked, which one should people give their kid before <laughs> they go? <laughs> and I don't know how to answer that in a not awkward way and say, well, before they go, you should give them before or, you go. Yeah. <laughs> and when the they title. start, you should <laughs> give them starting now. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's funny, but they're, they're simple title and they're, they're really the, uh, we, last year we gave all of our seniors before you go, um, last year, uh, maybe around this time, I remember I was setting up my Christmas lights and I was listening to, uh, the rethinking podcast, which we'll have you chat about here in a little oh, cool. bit. Um, and I was listening to that episode in which you guys were talking about seniors and it just, it's one, as soon as I heard it, I sent it out to my team. I was like, this is, oh. these are some good thoughts, some good challenge. And I, we gave, we actually stole the laundry bag idea um, and gave our oh, seniors cool. the, the laundry bag, but gave them the book as well. And definitely going to do starting, starting now. Cause I think that there is oftentimes there is this, this, this good intention that we have with anything in ministry, especially some of those areas that don't come um, as natural or as rhythmic, so to say, as like mm-hmm. a weekly programming, a small group setting. Sure. As uh, and, and you're kind of like, oh, well, we want to get better at doing senior transitions. We want to get better mm-hmm. um, at follow-up or whatever. But the those books... Really, I like them because they're clear, they're pointed, they're towards a specific stage of life, and they're very easy to follow along, Um, but they're very profound at the same time. Some of my favorite, even just teachings of Jesus are simple, yet they're profound Mm -hmm. because of the way that they just direct and affect your life. And so um, starting now, the 30-day devotional, before you go, uh, Gerald's book, and uh, onmyteam.org, correct, is the website? Onmyteam.org, and it starts over every semester. So if I were to sign up as a mentor right now, I would get a welcome email and it would say, hey, your next email will show up in January when your student starts school and we'll remind you from there on out. That's awesome. Uh, you know, there's, there, we've got a little bit of, of time here and I, there's a question that we didn't um, uh, at, put on the, the sheet of potential questions to ask you, but you Ooh. said you're executive director, correct? Is that- yes, that's right. So you, do you manage staff? I do. Do you want to talk about managing staff? (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, I I think these are some good things. I mean, what I love about this conversation so far is earlier when you talked about a trend that you see across student ministries is that you're seeing churches um, go hyper-contextualized and and is is needed. And I think that's very much common in multi-site. I think that's what is one of the tensions in a multi-site context is that you've got these campuses that are spread across a geographical location, some even across state lines, and they're, you're trying to do some principally aligned things, and, <laughs> y- and yet you have some very contextualized nature of things that need to, you know, that ministry needs to kind of fold around, so to say, and 
part of the tension of that is managing staff. How, mm-hmm. how do you get these individuals who have different backgrounds, different gifts, who are being asked to minister in different areas to buy into this one? That's why I love the, the whole thing. We all have seniors. They all have to be, you know, so principally there's some things that can be done. Um, but what are some things in regards to managing staff uh, that you look to create in uh, as far as a culture goes or so on that really helps you all get on the same page um, because you have different people. You guys have a large writing team um, yeah. that are spread across the nation. One of our good friends is uh, Reve, uh, and she's one of your guys' contributors. I love Reve. Yeah, she's one of our contributors and everything, and uh, your guys' contributors. And so how do, you, how do you do that? How do you create a culture of getting people bought in uh, and still honoring the differences that they may have um, towards reaching this common goal? So I would say probably like a lot of ministry leaders, I am new to this and I never set out to be the boss. Um, So I didn't pay attention in those classes and I didn't learn how to be the boss because I wanted to be in ministry and I wanted to be a writer and I wanted to work with teenagers and it never occurred to me that I might one day manage adults And so I've been on a learning journey for the last seven years of what does it look like to to not just manage, but to lead adults well. And um, I've been very, very fortunate to have a great team. I know that's not, I know that not everybody is in that situation where they have all the team members that they wish they had. I do. And they're a total blast. But at the same time, like you said, they all have different skill sets. They all have different passions. Everybody is kind of a superhero that wears a different cape. And so alignment can be a challenge. And we joke, we joke because there's a glass door that sits between our high school office and our middle school office. Okay. <laughs> and you can, you can tell how things are going with whether the doors open or closed. <laughs> but, uh, but the reality is even though those two teams do almost identical work, I mean, they create the same documents their process is completely different because the team member strengths are different. And so we call it sometimes the three-legged race of ministry Hmm. of figuring out where do we have to be tied together? Where is it beneficial to the student or beneficial to the church that we're tied together? And then where do we let our gifts run at different paces and in different directions? And most of the time what what I have learned is that that comes down to having more conversations than feels like is necessary. And yeah. the more conversations we have, the clearer our alignment strategy is. Yeah. And so if I feel that the teams are out of alignment or, or if our student team is out of alignment with our kids team, typically it's because we've gotten away from a rhythmic meeting structure of everybody getting together and the directors getting together and the project managers getting together. And the more face time we devote to each other, the better the alignment is. And the more we economize those meetings, the worse the alignment gets. Yeah. So typically FaceTime solves more than half of the more than half of the confusion because you understand somebody when you're sitting across the table from them better than you do on the other side of an email. That's, That's really so good. true. Yeah. I feel like that gives like good purpose to having meetings where a lot of people dread meetings, but for them to see like, hey, actually this is causing all of us to really accomplish what we want to accomplish. That three-legged race analogy is so good. (laughs) That's really good. Cause like when you are tied together with someone, it can be awkward, but it takes more deliberate action to move forward. Mm -hmm. So that I'm going to have to use that. (laughs) And the awkward's okay. 
Nobody yeah. expects a three-legged race to look like a ballroom dance. It's supposed to look awkward. Yes. And that's okay. Yeah, but you're accomplishing yeah. your goal. You're working together to still get to the finish line. So, Yeah, I think that's, that's beautiful to just have like that communication all across the board, right? That's, that's how you go further faster in the sense of just <laughs> being all on the same page, being strategic together, and honestly benefiting from everyone's strengths in many ways. Um, Crystal, we are just so thankful for all the wisdom and expertise you shared with us today. Um, As we close and as our listeners are listening in, if they want to get in contact with you, if they want to ask you questions, if they want to connect, what is the best ways for them to do that? Oh, for sure. Friends, it has been such an honor to hang out with you guys. I love these chats. I can't wait to see you guys soon at the multi-site ministry conference. I know some of you will be there. Yes. Um, I'm really jazzed about it. But if we, uh, if we want to connect on the interwebs, the best way to get in touch is at Crystal C. Chiang. There's a silent I in my last name. So it's C-H-I-A-N-G, Crystal C. Chiang, um, on every platform or crystalcchiang.com. Awesome. And you are a voice in the Rethinking uh, Youth Ministry podcast. Yes. Oh my goodness. That is one of the most fun things we have done in the last couple of years is we launched the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. And it is honestly just the conversations that happen normally at our table where we're rethinking whether this is the best way to do sports and ministry or whether this is the best way to do middle school ministry. We just put a microphone around the table and said, what would happen if we shared that? And if we had that conversation with a larger group of people listening. So, so uh, that has been going for three seasons now, which is wild. That's and awesome. all the episodes are at rethinkingym.org or on all the different podcast platforms. No, that, and we have, as I mentioned earlier, we have benefited greatly from, from the work that you guys are doing in Orange with the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. And so we, uh, we really appreciate it. And yes, as Crystal shared, uh, we are uh, going to be at the youth ministry, the multi-site youth ministry conference here in January 13th through 15th. Registration is open until January 5th. You can check that out at theyouthcartel.com. But uh, Crystal, we're looking forward to, to spending that time with you and many others there uh, alongside Youth Cartel and Marco at the conference. And so again, thank you so much for, yes, uh, for thank your you. time together here today. Huge Thanks for having me, friends. This is so fun. All right. Till next time, guys. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. Yeah.